Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on, of the, on the first of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a reminder, by blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. And this is where we are. This is the first of Tishrei, the seventh month in God's calendar. We're celebrating a double rest. We're celebrating a holy convocation for Shabbat. We're celebrating a holy convocation for Yom Teruah, Yom Hazikaron. And it's, it's a weekly remembrance for Shabbat and now an annual remembrance for Rosh Hashanah. And we're remembering, we're, we're remembering, as we talked about last week, Yom Zikaron, a Zikaron Truah, a memorial sounded with the trumpet. There's another verse, though, that we draw another name for this incredibly significant day in God's calendar, that this day... When we crown the king with glory, when we remember, of course, that this is also Yom Hadin, the day of judgment that begins the 10-day period between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, that's one of the, the rabbi's names, Yom Hadin, the day of judgment. It is the day of remembering our past, this period of time, the day of remembering. It is this other name found in Numbers 21. Now in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall also have a holy convocation. You shall do no laborious work. It shall be to you a day for blowing trumpets. And another name for this incredibly grand day that we're celebrating, a day for blowing Seriously, to which we might ask, this is, this is the second only to Yom Kippur. And, and the Bible gives a wealth of information about what we do on Yom Kippur. We have Leviticus 16, we have Leviticus 23. You know, we, we, it's, the Torah is very clear about that and what's going on. But on this day of being inscribed in the books of God, of confronting our failures, asking God to help us to reconnect, to return, to move forward, the instruction is, it shall be to you a day for blowing. And we wonder sometimes why there might be some confusion in church communities when they ask, what, what are you doing? And you say to them, oh man, it's incredible. Come on, we're celebrating Yom Teruah. We're going to all get together and we're going to say these prayers and then we're going to blow into a ram's horn. And they look at you and say, huh? Actually, the only thing that is really relevant, I'm sorry, for many people in the uh, Christian community, and again, I always I say that with no negativity in mind at all, but is just the idea that the blowing of the trumpet signals the return of Messiah, right? Amen. So Yom Truah, the Feast of Trumpets, Yeshua's coming back, the valley's going to split, there's a great shofar, all that, but, but, but there's actually something more here, a, a lot more that we should ask. But what in the world? A day for blowing. I, I, I want to explore this because there's got to be something. And it's courtesy of a, of, a, of a drosh that I read from a guy named Avraham Peretz Friedman. No Avraham Peretz Friedman, but I do love what he said. 
Because there's another component of Rosh Hashanah that we have not even touched this year that's important to look at. Not only is this Yom Hadin, not only is this the day of blowing trumpets, not only is this the day of remembering, it's also, according to tradition, the birthday of the world. This is the birthday of the, of the world. Now, <clears throat> in other words, Rosh Hashanah celebrates the day that God made something great. Now, we might take that to mean that this is the day that God said, Yehior, let there be light. And there was light, right? We might take that to mean that if we're selling, saying it's the birthday of the world, but that's not what it means. Because the first day is not what I'm talking about. You see, it would be wrong. According to tradition, those words, Yehi or, let there be light, do you know when they were said? You don't, maybe. Six days ago. Six days ago. On the 25th of Elul. That was before we even got to Rosh Hashanah. I'm sorry, five days ago. Five days. Thank you, David. That would have messed up the whole thing. <laughs> Everything hinged on that. Thank you, David. Five days ago. So what? Well, here's my question. What is it that makes the universe special to God? Or better phrased, what, why would God have created the universe? What is his favorite part of the universe? Us. Us. And what day, as we test your Bible knowledge, what day was man created? Now you can say six. Now you can say six. And here's the point. There was no world without us. Is that haughty? That's the way God saw it. And so, Rosh Hashanah celebrates the sixth day of creation, the birthday of the world. Why? Because we are the world. We are his children. No one under the age of, what, 40 knows what I'm talking about when I say that? That was a big deal. Look it up on YouTube, We Are the World. We were God's purpose in creation. It's not haughty at all. It's just the way it is. Because here's the thing. What, what joy would there be for God today if we weren't here? What joy would there be for God if the palm trees and the elephants were all that there were to worship him? Or, I mean, have you ever seen a three-toed sloth giving praise to God? That's our job. And so the universe centers actually on us. That's why this is the birthday of the world. There's no, there's no universe to celebrate until we come along and give meaning to the creation and the creator. And you know, I'm certain that there are painters and artists who labor over an art for hours, days, weeks, months, and then they just sit back and look at it. And they just... They just stare at it. But I bet they're very rare. 
Because who in the world creates something incredibly beautiful just for themselves? Artists create so that they can share beauty with the world. God created so that he could share beauty with us, and he wanted us to partake of his beauty. Right? So, since we're celebrating man being created on Rosh Hashanah, and this is the sixth day, here's another Bible quiz. How was man created? First part, God picked up a dirt clod, and next thing you know. But what happened next? He blew. God blew life into his nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living thing. That's a pretty monumental day for blowing, huh? On Rosh Hashanah, God blew life into his nostrils. Now, no other living creature had that, right? It says, let the, let the waters swarm with living creatures, let the earth bring forth, but nobody had God blowing life into them. That was reserved for us on this day, Rosh Hashanah. Yom Teruah, a day for blowing. And here's a new thing to remember, because this is, after all, Yom Zikaron, a day for remembering things. So here's a memorial. When God, when, when, when God created the human soul, it was actually... It's, it's divine, isn't it? We have a piece of God within us, do we not? We absolutely do. People say, well, that's the Holy Spirit. No, you actually had something even before that that God put in you. It's the animation of life. It's, the, it's not the, the animal soul that just elephants and three-toed sloths have. You have something beautiful that he, that he blew into you. And here's... Here's something maybe nearly heretical to traditional interpretations of humanity. But we recall and remember today on Rosh Hashanah, you ready? How great we are. Our inherent greatness given to us by God. Now, we can't do anything without God. I recognize that. But that God, beyond his kingship, beyond his judgment and all these big things, his supreme awesomeness, which we certainly celebrate, he chose to give us a little bit of himself and not to create mindless robots that wander over the earth saying, God, I love you. I worship God. I love you. That's not a relationship. That's not what it means to love God if you're forced to and have no other choice. But you see, worse than that is the idea that God created us, but that we're just a useless hunk of garbage that can't do one good thing on our own and that we're just miserable old pieces of trash. That's not who God made me to be and that's not who he made you to be. From the beginning though, 
From the very beginning, he chose to blow his very essence into us. What he gave us on Rosh Hashanah was the opportunity to be a co-laborer with him on this planet. And that concept is kind of lost and weird, but that is what Judaism sees our responsibility with God to be. That's even sort of what Yeshua was saying very clearly when he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is drawing near. The repent for the kingdom is in your midst. He's saying, change your ways. Let's correct the world. I'm going to bring something together. And you have that inherent greatness within you. It's been there from the beginning. I'm going to give you even more ability to do that. I'm going to strengthen you through the Ruach HaKodesh. But come on, guys. Let's co-labor. Let's build that was our calling. On Rosh Hashanah, we are commanded to blow, to remind ourselves of this great truth, the fact that gives meaning to all the rest of what we do in our service to God. We are created for good. That's something I borrowed from Rabbi Friedman and his thing. We are without a doubt celebrating today God, judge, king, creator. But what we recall through this act of blowing that we'll do tomorrow is, is very beautiful. God desires, even in our failures, in our, our missteps, our shortcomings, our low points up to now, I've never really looked at this day and this holiday as him saying, remember what happened in the garden. Remember how great you actually are because I made you that way. I've always only sort of thought of the Rosh Hashanah and the holidays as, oh gosh, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm a horrible person. Repentance, right? And all this and all this. And yes, it's important. But I love this idea. A day for blowing. We talked about all the things we could remember on Rosh Hashanah. We could remember the giving of the commandments and the shofar. We can remember Abraham and the Akedah and the God providing the ram. We can remember the shofar blast that is going to announce, announce Messiah. But what about just for this year? Because I think we all need it. What about if we just remember that God made us great? And we should reconnect to that. We should recognize our position as co-laborers in every single area. If we are really going to engage in this accounting of the soul and this heshbon hanefesh, it's got to be for a point. It's got to be with this realization in mind that what we're actually, what we're actually um, uh, uh, yearning or what we're, what's lacking that we that we recognize in the high holidays is not that we're horrible people. It's that we've fallen short of the greatness that God put in us. And this is the time to restore it in everything you do. I'm not just talking about Torah and prayer. I'm talking about the life you live every single day, recognizing that great Romans thing that says, I am a super conqueror. That's powerful stuff. Paul knew who had been, what had been blown into him. So wow, a, a day for blowing takes on a new level of power. 
so much that we might suggest that the blowing part is, is, is even more significant. And that's why the Torah doesn't need to give us a lot of, of information. God just wants us to remember, well, you know what? I blew into you and you got a part of me and it's great. Let's go do it. But here's the problem. There's another side that must happen. And, and what does the shofar have to do with anything? Because here's, how, how does this sound for power? Pretty powerful, huh? Are you guys encouraged? Are you woken up? Are you awake, you sleeper, to the greatness within you? Get it again, get it again. You gotta have the shofar, man. It's not quite the same without the, the vessel that contains the breath, that takes the breath and does something with it, right? So tomorrow we get versus what's the point? The shofar without the breath is nothing special. The breath without the shofar can accomplish its calling. So, you know, the thing is, Adam was the shofar. You are the shofar. You are the one who God empowered for great things, but you must put it into action and let the world hear it, see it, believe it, experience it. So it's a day for blowing trumpets because the breath is God's and you are the trumpet and we, doggone it, should be doing greater things than these, right? We have this great privilege of being partners with the Almighty. Breath, shofar, we got to use it to give beautifully. We're not passive recipients of that breath. We have this job. Active co-laborers. And indeed, here's something beautiful, really beautiful. Do you know what the word, what the root word of shofar is? Where it comes from? If you do, I'll give you $500 in this room. Because I surely didn't. And I've been a Jew for 48 years and never heard it. It comes from a word, the shifer, the shifer. That's the infinitive. I'm talking to you about taking God's breath, letting him blow into you like the shofar, doing something great, finding a way to improve the world through your actions. Do you know what le shofar means? Where the word shofar derives? Improve. Beautify. That's... That's where someone goes, oh, that's good, brother, amen. <laughs> if we weren't in a messianic synagogue, that's what you do. That's what we do with 
God. We beautify. We improve the world. Because he made us great for that. And you say, me? (laughs) Me? Does he know who he's talking to? Listen to this. I thought we were here. I, I thought we, you were bringing, we're coming here to confront our failures and repent and all that. Now you're telling me to celebrate and be happy? Well, listen to this. There's another part of Adam's story worth telling, and we're going to conclude with this here in just a minute. See, Adam, from the beginning, destined for greatness. Listen to the Midrash about Adam's first day, sixth day, right? Here's what happened. On Rosh Hashanah, the first of Tishrei in the first year, in the first hour, man's creation rose in thought. This is the sixth day. Man's creation rose in thought. God said, it's a good idea. I like it. In the second, God consulted with the angels. In the third, he gathered his dirt. In the fourth, these are hours. In the fourth hour, he kneaded it. In the fifth, he weaved it. In the sixth, he made a form. In the seventh, He blew breath into it. In the eighth, he placed him, that's Adam, in Gan Eden, in the Garden of Eden. In the ninth, he was commanded about the fruit. Adam, don't eat that. In the tenth, he transgressed. Didn't take long. In the eleventh, he was judged. In the twelfth, he was pardoned. The Holy One, blessed be he, said to Adam, this is a sign for your children in the same way that you stood in front of me in judgment on this day and were pardoned. So too in the future will your children stand in front of me in judgment on this day and be pardoned in front of me. When? On the seventh month, on the first of the month, we all make mistakes. Adam made one an hour after he was alive, standing in the presence of God. One simple thing, don't eat that, Adam. We all make mistakes. And yes, that's a part of what we're doing. But we're also recalling what we're capable of. Our inherent God-given greatness to beautify, to improve this world as a shofar for God's breath. She fair to improve, to beautify. And it also recalls that as quickly as Adam made this horrible mistake, He received the gift of repentance, which God had made long before the world existed. It was one of seven things created before the foundations of the world. Repentance. God stands ever ready to hear the cry of the repentant heart. So don't miss that part. Don't think, don't tell anybody, I went to high holiday service and the rabbi told me I was great and I didn't have to do anything because I got it figured out. That's not what I'm saying. Don't miss the chance. To do the repentance thing and then walk in the greatness thing. So on the next 10 days, they're especially designated to help us do that, to reconnect to that, to master our inclinations, to hit the return key, right? Blank cursor, blinking. What you going to type? What great thing does 5781 hold for you? You got to find it and you got to start typing. And we like the shofar that will blow tomorrow on Rosh Hashanah.
We have taken a little bit of breath. We'll, we'll take this breath that God gave us and transform it. And we'll be restored with God's help into the majestic creation that he called you to be. You ready for the conclusion? That's what stands before us, this opportunity. Don't blow this. Shabbat shalom, l'shana tova. I am excited to hear the testimonies of the people of God in this room in the upcoming year. We're building the kingdom and thankful that you're a part of that mission. If this teaching inspired you, please consider a financial gift to support the work of Shalom Macon. Visit MaconMessianic.com and click Give Online. May the Lord bless and keep you.